Back in episode 191, we were talking with garden author Robert Couric. His latest book, a 436-page masterpiece called Sustainable Food Gardens. In that book, he has great information for you about how you can avoid back-breaking tillage, how you can work with clay soils, improve your yields, maybe fix that ugly garden, dealing with drought, dealing with pests, dealing with low fertility, dealing with tedious watering, and, of course, dealing with weeds. Well, the dealing with pests part was very interesting. This is what he had to say. One of your other uh, golden rules for edible landscaping is work with nature. Let nature work with you. We were talking to a, a famous master rosarian just a few days ago. And he noticed that he was uh, about to leave for a trip back east, and he noticed all these aphids on his uh, rosebuds. And he looked at them, and he looked around, and he saw a lady beetle and a soldier beetle, and he says, I'll just leave them. I'll come back. They'll be gone. And sure enough, he came back two weeks later. There wasn't an aphid to be found. Yeah, like with me, most years, my fava beans get black aphids early in the season, and uh, I just let them go. And then all of a sudden the ladybugs show up and then it gets a little bit warmer and the beneficial wasps show up. And most years it uh, takes care of the situation. One of the keys for attracting beneficial insects, of course, is to put in those plants that attract the beneficials. And they're not necessarily plants that get infested with bad bugs. They're plants that uh, the beneficials need as housing and also as a, another source of food. Yeah, habitat. One of the... the the big uh, myths for organic gardeners and permaculture people is they think that those beneficial insect plants have to be planted right amongst the vegetables or right below the fruit tree. And I find that that's not necessary. So in my book, I have quite a bit of scientific data showing that some of the beneficial insects can travel 50 feet, 100 feet, 200 feet and still be effective. So that means your beneficial insect plants can be at the border of your garden and still have a beneficial in, uh, effect on your pests. Uh, they don't need to be totally mixed in, jumbled away. So like I tend to try to put my beneficial insect plants in the uh, cut flower garden. So a client would want a cut, cut flower garden and they don't even know I put plants in there that uh, help bring in the beneficial insects. They're just happy to have the cut flowers. Another trick to attract the beneficials, uh, the beneficial insects when they're flying around, they're, they're sort of like drivers on the 101 or I-5 here in California. And you see these big billboards advertising something. If you plant your right. if you plant your uh, crops, your flowers that attract the beneficials in mass, say in a three by three foot square, they can see that from a long ways away, and they'll aim right for it. Yeah, you got it. Now the uh, the list of beneficial uh, attractants is pretty long, and sometimes it includes uh, cultivated plants that are used for food. So like with um, uh, coriander, you can eat the uh, cilantro in the beginning of the season, and if you let some plants go, you get coriander. The flowers are very good at attracting beneficial insects, and if you let them go further, you get coriander seed. 
Exactly. And that's true with both uh, cool season crops and warm season crops. Uh, Think of all your cool season crops like broccoli, cauliflower, bok choy, and they tend to bolt. They tend to flower this time of year. And if you still have the room, let them flower because they will attract the beneficials. Yes. You don't have to kill everything off or eat everything. (laughs) You know, we should point out that at your website, robertcurric.com, you can find a connection to that list of plants that attract beneficial insects. Yes, I have uh, 141 plants that are known to attract beneficial insects based on science. And I list the citations in the paperwork you get along with the spreadsheet. And in the spreadsheet, I show the the bloom period because it's very easy to find beneficial insect plants that bloom in June, July. Trick is beginning a beneficial insect plant that blooms in March or April or September, October, or in California, even into November. So when you look down the column on October, you'll see where a bar crosses the spreadsheet. That's a plant that bloomed in October. So you can use the call the insectary chart to uh, pick out the best plants and to pick them out based on when they bloom. And what you have is a, a, a sample of that at your website. Uh, it looks like I would want to plant sweet alyssum because it can uh, bloom 12 months a year here in California. Yeah, and uh, it's one of the, the most uh, studied plants for beneficial insects. I think there's seven or eight citations just for alyssum alone. Correct. And now there are more and more farmers in California that are wringing their fields with alyssum to bring in the beneficials to help cut their pesticide costs. Yeah, they're either using uh, strips within the field or borders around the edge of the field. And that all depends upon how far apart you put them so that they can migrate effectively into the crop area. And again, you can find all this at uh, Robert's website, robertcurric.com, K-O-U-R-I-K, robertcurric.com, and a list of all his uh, books and publications, including that insectary plant list. That again was Robert Couric, author of the book Sustainable Food Gardens. And here in the Beyond the Basics, Garden Basics with Farmer Fred newsletter, we're taking a look at some of those plants that attract beneficial insects. So go ahead and read part two of the plants that attract beneficial insects and also study those pictures of what those beneficial insects look like in their various life stages. Okay. 